This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. Sorry that I was not able to get to you guys last week as I was in Toronto at Jurassic Park. I'll get into the details in just a few minutes here. But first, I want to give you, of course, the sports fact of the day. Trivia question for you guys today, especially those of you, um, those of you, excuse me, who enjoy horse racing. The question for you is: What thoroughbred became the first to win the Grand Slam of horse racing? Now, as you had uh, some time to think while listening to some Jeopardy music, I'll have the answer for you. The answer to that question is American Pharaoh won horse racing's first triple crown since affirmed in 1978 with a victory in the Belmont Stakes at Belmont Park in Elmont, New York on June 6th of 2015. With Victor Espinosa riding, American Pharaoh crossed the finish line by leading uh, by five and a half lengths. The horse was owned by Ahmed Zayat and trained by Bob Baffert in Kentucky. The favorite in the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs in Louisville on May 2nd. American Pharaoh won by a length. In the Preakness at uh, Pimlico in Baltimore on May 16th, American Pharaoh was victorious by seven lengths. The horse then completed the first ever Grand Slam of horse racing with a victory in the Breeders' Cup Classic at Keeneland in Lexington, Kentucky on Halloween of 2015. Now our sports fact of the day is over. Let's get into some MLS soccer. We have a lot of soccer news coming your way, but first let's get the smallest of those events out of the way with MLS soccer. In the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia still remain atop with 28 points. However, a point behind them is the Montreal Impact. The Impact, with 18 matches played, have 8 wins, 3 draws, and 7 losses. DC United come into third place with the same number of points. In 17 matches, DC United have 7 wins, 6 draws, and 4 losses. The defending champions, Atlanta United, have 8 wins, 2 draws, and 5 losses for a combined 26 points. And then in 5th place, the New York Red Bulls, 7 wins, 3 draws, and 5 losses for a combined 24 points. In the Western Conference, LAFC dominating um, still the best team in the MLS in terms of points and wins. LAFC is the only team in the entire MLS who have double-digit win margins, uh, or excuse me, uh, double-digit wins. They're the first team to get double-digit wins this season. 16 matches, 11 wins, 4 draws, and only 1 loss for a total of 37 points. Their LA rival, the Galaxy, with 16 matches played, have 9 wins, 1 draw, but 6 losses for a staggering 28 points. The Seattle Sounders come in to third place in the Western Conference 
With 16 matches played, the Sounders have 7 wins, 5 draws, and 4 losses for a total of 26 points. And then in 4th place, the Houston Dynamo with 13 matches played, 7 wins, 3 draws, and 3 losses for a total of 24 points. Now, ladies and gentlemen, upcoming games that you can catch today in the MLS. We have only one game for you today, as NYFC will be hosting will be hosting our own Ohio team, FC Cincinnati. Tomorrow, uh, Toronto FC will be taking on Sporting Kansas City at 7 p.m. And then Saturday, we have a slate of games for you, three games in total. San Jose will be facing off against Dallas. Philadelphia and the New York Red Bulls will be playing at 7.30 on Saturday. And then our final match for Saturday will feature the Colorado Rapids and Minnesota, and Minnesota United facing off at 9 p.m. Now let's get into our Ohio teams. First, let's get started with the Columbus crew. And the last time we met, the, um, the crew had two games. Their first was a 3-2 to two loss in Colorado against the Rapids. And then this past Saturday, the crew hosted NYCFC and tied that game 2-2 two to two and were able to gain only one point from that match. Now, the U.S. Open Cup is beginning this upcoming week. And the Columbus crew will host the Pittsburgh River Hounds. Now, at first, I was thinking to myself, who on earth is this team? What league are they in? I never knew Pittsburgh had any sort of soccer team whatsoever. Well, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? There's another league known as the USL Championship. These are more of the secondary teams um, from the MLS. So, for example, other teams include Oklahoma City. There's a second team from Atlanta and New York. Phoenix has their own team. And a team from Tulsa, Oklahoma, also have a team known as the Roughnecks. So the Columbus crew will be facing the Pittsburgh Riverhounds this upcoming Tuesday. You can catch the game at 7 p.m. from Matt Frey Stadium in Columbus. However, in terms of standings, it's not looking great for the crew as they are now in 10th place. 17 points with 16 matches played. They have 5 wins, 2 nines, but a whopping 9 losses. And FC Cincinnati fans, if you're crying with the Columbus crew record and if you had hope in the Columbus crew because FC Cincinnati is just so terrible, you thought wrong. With the crew in 10th place, it can only get worse for FC Cincinnati, as they are in 12th place, which means last place in the MLS. They have the least number of points, 3 wins, 2 draws, but 10 losses. They are the only team in the Eastern Conference with double-digit losses, and in fact, the only team in the MLS who have more than 10 losses. In terms of their schedule, FC Cincinnati, uh, between our episodes, had two games just like the crew. 
Those two games included a 2-0 loss at home to the New York Red Bulls and then a 3-1 loss on the road against the Colorado Rapids. FC Cincinnati will be facing off against NYFC today in New York at 7 p.m. And then they will also be participating in the U.S. Open Cup. They will face Louisville City at home in Cincinnati. The top scorers in the MLS, number one, Carlos Vela with 16 goals, Zlatan Ibrahimovic with 11, and Josef Martinez of Atlanta with 10 goals. England's very own Wayne Rooney of DC United with 8 goals, and then Nani of Orlando with 8 goals as well. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Liverpool are the 2019 UEFA League champions. Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur faced off in Madrid this past Saturday. A controversial decision in the opening minutes led to a penalty kick by Mohamed Salah that found its way into the back of the net in the second minute. And then in the closing minutes, actually, in the 87th minute, Belgian forward Divock Origi scored to put Liverpool up 2 to nothing and have excuse me and give Liverpool a 2 nothing victory in 90 minutes against Tottenham Hotspur. Now why is this win significant for Liverpool? One they're the champions of Europe now for 2019 and this is their 6th title in franchise history. Their first title came in Rome in 1977. Their second one was when they repeated as champions in 1978 in London. Three years later in Paris, they won the Champions League once again in 1981. Then another three years pass, were in Rome again in 1984, which was another Champions League win for Liverpool. And then in Istanbul in 2005, 21 years later, where Liverpool came back from a 3-0 deficit against AC Milan and eventually won the game 3-2 on penalty kicks. And then, of course, the most recent win for Liverpool came this past Saturday in Madrid against Tottenham Hotspur. Two of the six championships in the UEFA Champions League for Liverpool came in the city of Rome as well. Little fun fact for you guys. So, of course, congratulations to Liverpool. We have s still a lot of soccer news coming your way, but there is another sport and another topic in which I would like to talk about first. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA Finals have been underway for the last week. However, because we didn't have a show this past week, I'm sorry guys, I do get busy. We had a lot going on. Let's start with Game 1 in Toronto, Ontario at Scotiabank Arena. The Golden State Warriors are on the road against the Toronto Raptors. We all know what happens. Kawhi Leonard doesn't have the best game, but Pascal Siakam has the game of his life. 32 points in Game 1 for Siakam, 5 assists and 8 rebounds all in 40 minutes. Fred Van Vliet had a big game as well. He's really stepped it up in ever since that Milwaukee series. 15 points, 2 assists, 1 rebound, 
all in 33 minutes. These performances ultimately led to a 118-109 victory for the Toronto Raptors in Game 1. This was the first time in the Steve Kerr era that the Golden State Warriors went down one to nothing in the finals after the first game. Draymond Green had a triple-double with 10, 10, and 10. Andre Iguodala only 6 points in 29 minutes. Stephen Curry had another solid game with 34 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds in 40 minutes. And Klay Thompson played well, 21 points in 39 minutes. However, there were only 3 players on the Golden State Warriors in Game 1 who had double-digit scoring marks. And of course, those were the three in which I had mentioned, the three All-Stars. Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Stephen Curry. Now in Game 2, we're back in Toronto. The Warriors are looking to tie the series. And this was where I was. I was outside of the Scotiabank Arena, ladies and gentlemen, at Jurassic Park. This was the first time in which I really actually understood the lyrics to Oh Canada and what it actually means, because I really have never heard the national anthem before. And those Canadians take their national anthem very, very seriously, and they don't really care that much about the Star-Spangled Banner. But we're not going to get into that. We're going to get into the actual game and what happened. The Warriors, in the third quarter, went on a 20 to nothing run, outscoring the Raptors 34-21 to in the quarter. I was actually surprised that the Raptors were able to score 21 points in that quarter. As they, were, as they weren't able to score for almost half the actual quarter, Fred Van Vliet hit a three with about six minutes left, and then the Raptors started to get it going, but they were already down by so many that it was just too difficult to come back. The Raptors did make a push and eventually got the lead cut down to two, but the veteran Andre Iguodala, who only had eight points in the game, with a huge three-pointer to give the Raptors a 109, or excuse me, the Warriors a 109 to 104 win in Game Two, leading us to have a tied series in the NBA Finals for the first time since 2015, when the Cavs tied their series with the Warriors in Oakland. Neither Stephen Curry or Klay Thompson had the best game. Steph Curry, 41 minutes, only 23 points. Klay Thompson was on fire, but did get injured in that third quarter. He had 25 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds in 32 minutes before he was injured. Draymond Green had a much more solid game. 17 points, 9 assists, and 10 rebounds in 41 minutes. And then DeMarcus Cousins had a huge impact in the starting lineup for the Warriors. Now I will say this, I was rather surprised that DeMarcus Cousins started the game. After coming off the bench and not performing very well in Game 1, he really showed up. In Game 1, he only had 3 points, 2 assists in 8 minutes. But in Game 2, he played 20 more minutes than he did in Game 1. 28 minutes, he had 11 points, 6 assists, and 10 rebounds. Now, I know those aren't the all-star numbers that DeMarcus Cousins is capable of putting up, but it's the impact. The way that he was able to dominate Marcus Saul down low really set the tone for the game. In fact, Marcus Saul only had six points in game two, two assists and six rebounds, all in 31 minutes. It was a key win for the Warriors, 
And now we're heading back to the Bay Area with this series tied at one, and that leads us to the events of last night. The Raptors defeat the Warriors in Oakland 123-109 to to take a 2-1 to lead in these NBA Finals and regain the momentum. It was a close game throughout. The Raptors outscored the Warriors by 7 in the first quarter and by 5 in the third quarter. Marcus Gasol with the game of his life yesterday. 17 points, 3 assists. In 26 minutes, he had 7 rebounds as well. Kyle Lowry was the Kyle Lowry that all of us know and love. 23 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, all in a whopping 43 minutes. Kawhi Leonard came to play as well. He was the highest scorer for the Raptors, of course, with 30 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds, and 38 minutes. Danny Green, who had... A shooting slump beyond belief in the last series against the Milwaukee Bucks came to play. 18 points, 1 assist, 5 rebounds, 27 minutes. That's the kind of production that the Toronto shooting guard needs. Fred Van Vliet didn't have the greatest game in the world, but he played well. 11 points and 4 rebounds. However, it was the Warriors. There was one performance from the Golden State Warriors that stood out. From the rest. Stephen Curry was the only player in the Warriors who got even above 20 points last night. And you know how many points he had, ladies and gentlemen? 47. 47 points, 7 assists, 8 rebounds in 45 minutes. He could not miss. And especially with Klay Thompson out due to that hamstring injury, there's no Kevin Durant as well. There was a lot of burden on Stephen Curry. And plus, DeMarcus Cousins is not healthy. He's not at 100%. And we could see that last night. Only 4 points, 2 assists, and 3 rebounds in 19 minutes. Now I will say this. There is something, there is a weird relationship in these NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the number 109. You know why? Because in all three of the games in these finals, the Warriors have scored 109 points in each of them. 109 in Game 1, 109 in Game 2, and 109 in Game 3. I'm interested. I wonder if the Golden State Warriors are going to score 109 points in game four. It really is a must win for the Warriors tomorrow night at nine o'clock. You can catch the game on ABC. The Toronto Raptors and Golden State Warriors game four. Can the Raptors take a three to one advantage heading back home north of the border or can the Warriors tie this thing up heading back to Scotiabank Arena? We will figure out on Friday. But what we can figure out is how Kawhi Leonard felt about his team last night. In his post-game interview, Kawhi talked about the overall contributions of his teammates and how it helps him both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, once I'm driving in the paint, I'm kicking out to guys that are making shots. The defense, uh, you know, doesn't want to collapse as easy. And, um, you know, 
we just got to keep playing in, in a flow, really. Um, I feel like we just we don't need to worry about me scoring the basketball. Um, we all could score with the offense that we have. We just got to keep moving it. At times when I do have the ball, the, the offense gets real stagnant. And, you know, we just stay in one spot, and that's so easy to guard if you're um, defending us. So it's about just moving the ball, playing, a, playing a, you know, the team sport, and trusting everyone. Now, of course, Kawhi Leonard has had a strong series, apart from Game 1 where he only had 23 points. But if the Raptors are going to have a chance to win this series, Kawhi has to be at his A game. You know who else also has to be at their A game? Kyle Lowry, as he was last night. If Kyle Lowry can give the Raptors this kind of production every single game, there's a great chance that the Raptors can win this series, depending on if Kevin Durant does not come back. As I mentioned, there are already two games in these finals in which we know for sure are going to happen. Of course, I mentioned this Friday um, at 9 p.m. on ABC, you can catch Game 4 in from Oakland, the Raptors and Warriors. Will that be the final game at Oracle Arena in the history of that famed stadium? We'll find out. We also know that on Monday, June 10th, the Warriors and Raptors will face off Back at Scotiabank Arena in Game 5, we'll see, will that be a closeout game for the Raptors, or will we be seeing in that game who takes the pivotal 3-2 lead? Now we're going to stick in basketball gears here for a couple of minutes, as I want to discuss the WNBA. Our most recent game came yesterday as the Washington Mystics destroyed the Chicago Sky by a final score of 103-85. to For the Mystics, their star Elena Deladon with 12 points, 2 assists, and 7 rebounds in 22 minutes. And Natasha Cloud, 12 points, 5 assists, in 31 minutes as well. Christy Tolliver also had a very strong game with 19 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, all in 25 minutes. The highest score for the Mystics last night in their win against the Chicago Sky. The Mystics actually outscored Chicago 30-17 to in the second quarter and then 16-26 to in the third quarter to really help them boost, uh, or excuse me, increase that scoreline and that margin, and they eventually won the game by 18 points. Our upcoming games in the WNBA, the Sparks will face off against the Sun today at 7 p.m. The Aces and the Dream will also be facing off at that very same time. And then the Phoenix Mercury and the Minnesota Lynx will face off tonight at 8 o'clock. Don't miss, off, don't miss out on the great WNBA action that we have. I know the NBA Finals are going on, but the WNBA also has some great players who have great skill in basketball. And 
In terms of league leaders for the WNBA, Tina, Char Tina Charles of New York leads the league in points with 68 total so far. She's averaging, averaging about 23 points per game. Duana Booker of Phoenix comes in second with 43 points on the season so far, averaging about 22 points per game. Third and fourth include Natasha Howard of Seattle and Brittany Griner of Phoenix. Natasha Howard with 90 with 91 points on the season, averaging about 18 points per game. And then Brittany Griner of Phoenix with 36 points, averaging about 18 minutes per game. Or excuse me, 18 points per game. Now we're going to get off the basketball court onto the ice as the NHL Stanley Cup Finals are, have been well underway. The last... We're going to give you a recap here on all the games in which have occurred. Game 1 was on Monday, uh, May 27th, this past Memorial Day, as the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins are have been facing off in the Stanley Cup Finals. Game 1 from TD Garden led to a 4-2 victory for the hometown Bruins. In the first period... St. Louis led Boston one to nothing. However, thanks to two goals in the second period from Boston and only one from St. Louis, after two periods the game was tied at two apiece. And then in the third period, which was the pivotal period, the Bruins were able to score two goals to zero for the St. Louis Blues, leading to a four to two victory for Boston in game one. However, on Wednesday, the 29th, the Bruins came, um, or excuse me, the Blues came right back. Although it did take an overtime goal for uh, for St. Louis, they were able to get the victory three to two. After the first period, both teams had two goals apiece, and then it eventually took an overtime for St. Louis to score that pivotal third goal. In Game 3, on Saturday, June 1st, which was this past Saturday, the Boston Bruins went to St. Louis and handled their business. They took a 3-0 lead after the first period, and then scored two goals in both the second and third periods, giving them seven total goals. The Blues were only able to score a goal in the second and third periods, giving them only two goals for the game. Boston took a 2-1 lead in the series, regaining home, uh, home court, which is essentially home ice. I don't know how you really say that, but it is technically a court. It is TD Garden, right? 7-2 victory for the Bruins, nonetheless. Game 4 from St. Louis. The Blues were able to respond against the Bruins. The Blues had a 2-1 lead after the first period, and although the Bruins tied the game after the second period with only one goal, the third period, which of course is the pivotal period, led to two goals for the St. Louis Blues, giving them a 4-2 win and a tied series heading back to TD Garden in Boston. Which now leads us to Game 5.
which you can catch tonight on NBC at 8 o'clock from TD Garden. Who will take that pivotal 3-2 series lead heading back to St. Louis? We will find out tonight. You know what we will also find out tonight? Can the Indians defeat the Twins once again? That's right. The Cleveland Indians and the Minnesota Twins have faced off two games now, but I want to get back to the Indians um, games with the Chicago White Sox. This past Sunday, the Indians were in Chicago to face off against the White Sox and lost two to nothing after giving up a, a run in the fourth inning and in the eighth inning to eventually lose that game to zero. The last two games for the Indians um, included two home games back at Progressive Field where they defeated the Minnesota Twins by a final score of 5-2. to two. The Twins did strike first in the second inning with one run. However, the, after the third inning, the Indians were able to tie it up and then scored two runs of their own in the fifth inning and another two runs in the seventh inning for a 2-5 to five win against Minnesota. That win this past Tuesday put the Indians right at the 500 mark and 30 and 30, and last night they would try to get over the 500 mark, which they did with a 9-7 win against the Twins at Progressive Field. In that 9-7 victory, the Indians scored one run in the first inning. However, in the second inning, the Twins proved why they are 40 and 20. They scored four runs alone in the second inning. And after that second inning, it gave them a 4-1 lead. In the third inning, the Indians were able to score two runs, even though the Twins scored another run of their own. That was the same story for the fifth inning. However, in the seventh inning, the Indians scored three runs to only one run for the Minnesota Twins. And in the eighth inning, the Indians were able to snatch one more run, giving them a two-run advantage and eventually having them eventually win the game 9-7. to seven. The Indians are now 31-30, and 30, their overall record. They face the Twins one more time tonight at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. You can catch the game at 7-10 tonight. The Indians will then have a long home stretch. They have three games against the historic New York Yankees and then two games against the Cincinnati Reds, a true Ohio rivalry. And then they'll be heading on the road against Detroit, Texas, before coming back home to host Detroit once again. And ladies and gentlemen, before we leave the Cleveland Sports Show, before our episode ends today, I would like to ask you guys, what are your predictions for the NBA Finals? For the Stanley Cup Finals? I want to know all of your guys' opinions. Should Liverpool have been awarded that penalty kick? What's wrong with the Columbus crew? Why are FC Cincinnati just so horrible? 
Give me your thoughts. Give me your explanations. You can send them to me on Twitter. I'm Darius Sefna at Nordonia Sports. We have a ton to talk about in these next upcoming weeks, especially with the Women's World Cup beginning this Saturday, or excuse me, this Friday from France. We will have a lot more information on that in the next upcoming weeks. But do not forget on Fox Sports and FS1, the FIFA Women's World Cup, the United States, the defending champions in France, look to defend their title. Once again, we're going to have a lot more information about the Women's World Cup coming up in these next few weeks. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. We really thank you for all of your support. Have a terrific day, and I'll see you next week for another awesome episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Until then, guys, take care, and I'm signing out.